You are listening to a podcast from Rocky Mountain Christian Ministries. For more information about our church, please visit us at rmcmchurch.org. So we spoke a few, well, on September 12th, a few weeks ago, about, um, I think, what did I call it? Um, Something about battle, battle ready, equipped for battle. Battle ready faith. There it is. That was a good title. Um, You know, and I felt like I just, I I came up and I was like, okay, here's what happens. You're, you hit these hard times and there's times, what did Boyd called it that day, a time stopping moment. And we hit these times and, uh, and I felt like I gave you a bunch, you know, how to stand, how to, you know, these, these accusations and these things are coming at you. Pick up those arrows, stand strong, stay connected to Jesus. But I didn't really give you a lot of practical tools, I felt like, and how to do that and how to move forward with that. So this is part two, okay, my bi-monthly, is that, is that right, bi-week, bi-monthly, semi-monthly, thank you, I get the bi's confused, uh, message on, uh, on this topic. So it's kind of a little series, I guess. So battle-ready faith, what it looks like to stand, holding on to your faith in the midst of those struggles and hard things of life. Um, but, but what I have for you today is more around the... Um, to turn that brightness down, guys. Sorry. The podcast and videos available if you want to go catch up and hear the first part because we don't have time to do it today. If we did, I wouldn't be here with this message because we would have gotten it all in one. Can't do it. Okay, so go listen to it. It was it was pretty good. I liked it. Um, <laughs> thanks. I, I enjoyed it. I got a lot out of it because that's what God has been teaching me for the last couple of years. So um, I want to continue with that idea, but I want to look more at mindset. What is the mindset of a warrior as we approach battle, as we, you know, rise up in our faith, and as we approach the the things in life that are hard, that are traumatic, that are not fair, that are not God's will, okay? What are the mindsets that a warrior has needs to have to be victorious? And what are the tools and strategies that will help us overcome uh, in that? Can you raise the lights out here just a touch? My glasses are all wonky and no, no, you're good. I just can't, I feel, yeah, you're good. I just feel like I'm glaring. I had a migraine all week, so I'm like extra sensitive to, right? Ugh, stupid. Better today, but the lights are still weird. Okay, so we sang this morning, I want to ask you, do you believe that all things are possible with God? Okay, good. Good answer. Okay, do you, th- do you know that what he has done before, he wants to do again? That he wants to do it for you? Okay, good. I believe today, I have been praying that even as I teach the word today, you will be set free. You will experience deliverance in an area in your life. You will um, experience some more freedom in something. And, and I want to do some ministry. I, I still am not sure how that's going to land, but I want to I want to give you these tools, but I believe that even as we talk through this, you are going to find freedom uh, as the as the word is going forth. So um, I also like I also chose that picture because the part we're not going to get today to today we'll get to that next time, possibly is this idea that as we approach this, I want you to come into this with a very humble, and it doesn't mean debasing, it doesn't mean you're scum and you're a worm, but a very childlike attitude. I want you to come in and go, whoo, Father God, life isn't fair. Something hurts. 
uh, I've got mud on my face. Oh my gosh, <laughs> big disgrace. Okay, get that out of the way. Some of you don't even know. Okay, <laughs> sorry. I don't know why I always say that. But you know, you're, you're dirty. You're, but you come in and you go, wait a minute. This isn't who I am. I'm coming to Papa God. I'm coming into the Father's presence to be washed, to be made clean. God, there are broken things in this world. And, and I don't want you to feel shame or pressure to, to try to, compl- to do something in this. I'm giving you tools that are yours and armor that is yours. But that means you get to partner with God in that. Don't hear this as, I'm barely having quiet time with God right now. How am I supposed to do this as well? That's not what I'm saying in all this. So I, I chose that because I thought we were going to get into more childlike, innocent type stuff. And we're not, but that's cute anyway. So enjoy it. Keep that in mind as we go through this. You are the, that warrior, but your daddy's got your back. Okay, so I can't talk about mindsets and not go into this verse about um, about thoughts. Romans 12, verses 1 and 2, if you want to turn there. I'm going to read it to you from a couple of translations. You guys okay? Yeah. Got your notebooks? So if this gets uncomfortable, you know, really what the notebook is for is if this gets uncomfortable, you just look down and start writing that grocery list, and I think you're engaged, and we're good to go. No, please don't do that. Take notes. Get something out of it. Thanks for laughing at me, Cleta. <laughs> I love that smile. Okay, you guys in Romans? Cool. I'm just killing time. All right. Verse 1, and this is, I hope this is familiar to you. And so, dear brothers and sisters, I didn't mean to have a life verse, but I'm pretty sure this is my life verse. Like somehow mindsets and thoughts and transformation is what God is, has been doing in me my whole life. What, and it appears to be the message I am communicating. So here we are. And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Verse 2, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Okay, I want to read it to you from the Passion Translation. So listen along if you don't have that readily available. Beloved friends, what should be our proper response to God's marvelous mercies? To surrender yourselves to God, to be his sacred living sacrifices, and live in holiness, experiencing all that delights his heart. For this becomes your genuine expression of worship. Stop imitating the ideals and opinions of the culture around you, but be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit through a total reformation of how you think. This will empower you to discern God's will as you live a beautiful life, satisfying and perfect in his eyes. I was reading that in that translation this week, and I laughed. I'm like, okay, I might not have any creative ability to remodel or reform a house, but I will be the Joanna Gaines of spiritual reformation. I will help you find the tools you need to overcome emotional, spiritual, soul thinking challenges, because that is what I've got. Okay, that was a cute joke. I liked it. I like my joke. It helped me out. Okay, this phrase, give your bodies, this doesn't just mean show up at church and be a lump on a log. This, this, when he says, offer your bodies, give your bodies to God because of all he's done for you, this is an all-encompassing bringing of your whole being and essence into God's presence. He has given us so much good. We get to pour out 
our whole being in for him, okay? So this means to stand, to bring your whole being, to stand at attention, okay? We know that the, the idea of waiting upon God does not mean I sit here and I hope he does something for me. I hope he breaks through. Waiting on God means you are the waiter at the restaurant and you're, God, what do you want? What can I do for you? Okay, it's this idea, stand at attention. You're ready. Your whole being is involved. Giving God your everything, your all, your best act of worship. And again, I don't want you to hear in any of this, this is not about your works or right behavior. Yeah, we need to act right and don't be an idiot. But it's the relationship with you he wants. It's the heart connection he wants with you, okay? It's not the doing or some like slave-like weird um, relationship, okay? Just these, just sacrifice because I said so. He wants your love that's birthed out of that innocent, pure place of just staying close to him. Remember last week we talked about Psalms 91, he who dwells in the presence of the Most High God. You don't fear the evil. You don't fear the tears in the night, the accusations, the, the sickness, the slander, none of it. You're so close. Okay, this is a process of learning what's good from him, this process of being transformed. We're in his presence. We're in that place with him. We're, we're feasting on his goodness, okay, allowing his thoughts to be your thoughts. Do you, know, do you have a friend or maybe a spouse you know how they're going to respond to something before you before they respond. Do you have that kind of connection with somebody? Good or bad? You're like, I, you, you try that. You say that to them. See how that goes. I know what they'll say. Yeah, you can ask, but I bet you they'll say this. Right? This is that connection. Because it says, it starts with changing our thoughts. And then you get to know the good and pleasing, perfect will of God. In that intimate place, we step into, ah, that connection with him. Like, I know how God would respond here. I know what God's heart and desires in this situation. I, I know, because I know the Father's heart. As we stay close and surrender to him, we are made like him and transformed into a new person. Okay, this begins with the way we think. This begins with the way we think, and then it moves into what we know. It begins with what you think, and it moves into what you know, which is the Father's will for you. You will know the Father's will. You will know his heart. You will know his intentions and purposes. But it begins with the way you think. And we talked last week, last week, <clears throat> time is hard, six weeks ago, last week, about Faith, my simple definition for faith, for these, you know, let's just give you a little back, back up, background, is knowing and trusting that God is good and that he does only good, okay? So when you can engage with him and go, this thought I'm having, it is not good. It is accusing. It is destructive. It is bitter. It is angry. Whatever. It is um, self-depreciating. Deprecating, that's the word. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> you guys are so generous. Thank you. <laughs> it is not probably from God's heart. I have faith. I know he is good and does only good. So that helps us as we learn to think about what we think about and transform our thoughts and begin to step into that flow with him of what is the Father thinking about? What is his way? What is his will? And here's, you have to, 
1 Corinthians 2, 15 and 16, you have the mind of Christ. But are you leaning into that? Are you listening? Are you engaging in the quiet place with him? You have access to it. That doesn't mean you're benefiting from it. Okay? That verse says those, and this is the Passion Translation again, those who live in the Spirit are able to carefully evaluate all things. And they are subject to the scrutiny of no one but God. For who has ever intimately known the mind of the Lord Yahweh well enough to become his counselor? Christ has. And we possessed Christ's perceptions. Guys, that's, that's our promise. There is no problem. There is no situation. There is no relationship. There is no lack. There is nothing on this earth that you don't have the access to Christ's perceptions, God, Father God's heart, solutions, answers, um, inventions, ideas to make that to, to solve that problem, to bring God's life, to bring kingdom answers. Every, I wrote it, I actually wrote that down. Every problem you need to solve, every question you're asking, every struggle you're facing, every strategy you need, um, whenever you need discernment, every idea and invention this world needs, every solution, song. This world, you have a song, you have a book, you have a business, you have a, something on your life that this world needs. And if you'll lean in to Christ, if you'll lean in, to the, those thoughts, you can access it. Um, so as we move forward, gosh, thoughts and mindsets. I want to keep moving forward with this, but as we do this, what areas do you, do I, do we need to change the way we think in? Okay, so think about this. Again, this is not to be condemning. This is not to point out what a failure you are for having wrong thoughts. This is, look, we're all coming into this with... <laughs> a little bit broken, a little bit wrong, and we all need to lean in and figure out what's, what's real and right and good in, in God's heart. Okay, so please don't hear, well, you must be a failure if, if you're not getting this right right now. That's not, that's not true. We're all working through exchanging lies for truth, fear for love, death for life. We're all in this process. So what areas do we need to change the way we think in? Okay, if you feel hopeless in an area of your life, you need to change the way you think, okay? If you feel fear in an area of your life, you need to change the way you think. And, and, and again, okay, this is us. We need to change the way we think. I'm not saying you better just try harder. You just better read your Bible more. You just better pray more faithful, for, fervently. Okay, stick with me. I'll give you some tools to help change the mindsets. But first, this is, if you're feeling this way, okay, if you feel stuck or powerless in an area of your life, you probably need to change the way you think, okay? Those are just a couple. You might have more. I don't know. I, I kind of, you know, hopeless, fear, and feeling powerless were kind of the big three that I have experienced. There may be others, um, but those are the ones I kind of have experienced and encountered in other people. This idea that we can be transformed and have our lives completely turned around for good or bad just by what we think about is outrageous to me. That you have that much ability. And look, I think, I mean, I want to be careful with this because yes, the world has tapped into this. I'm not talking like, I don't know what that is even called, you know, where you can just change your thoughts and have a better life. You can, but you can also change your thoughts in the presence of God and have, a, well, let me say it this way. 
God kind of showed me this a while ago. Let me see if I can process it real quick. <laughs> danger, danger. <laughs> Get your words ready, Perry. I'm going to need some words. <laughs> um, you know the verse that says, you know, you can do all the good works. You can raise the dead. You can feed the poor. You can come to church, lay hands on the sick and see them raised from the de- or see them healed. We already did the dead raising. Um, you can do all these things and show up in God's presence at the end of your life, and he'll say, I didn't know you. Okay, now that's an intimacy thing, but I think it's also, he's saying, that's not what I called you to. That's not who I told you to be. So we can change our thoughts, and we can name it and claim it, and we can go pursue a life that we want and be successful at it. But at the end of the day, who does God say you are? Are you leaning into his perceptions, his heart, his nature, and drawing from that to produce on this earth? That might not look the same on the outside as a successful life you build on your own just by having positive thoughts. Does that make sense? Does it? Because I feel like I'm not quite getting it to you, but... It's bigger, it's better when you do it partnered with God. Okay, so don't, you can, you can just change your mind and stop being so negative Nelly, but there's more, there's more, okay? And that's, I just, that's crazy that it's just, you can change your thoughts and be transformed. Okay, and just in case you don't believe me, that this is even biblical, Proverbs 4.23, who knows what that says? The Passion Translation, so above all, guard the affections of your heart, for they will affect all that you are. Pay attention to the welfare of your innermost being, for from there flows the wellspring of life. Okay, Romans 8, 5 through 6 in the New Living Translation, those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things, but those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that please the Spirit. Now, I know I'm kind of pulling that one out of a whole conversation, but here's, let me, let me get this to you, this next part of the verse. So letting, letting your sinful nature control your minds, your, the, the lesser part of you, the broken part of you, letting that nature control your mind leads to death. But letting, letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. I, I was walking the other day on the trail, and this woman I know from town was walking by with a friend. And I don't know that she really knows who I am. She might kind of know me, but whatever. I mean, you know, we kind of a friend of a friend situation. And as she walked past me, I got this, ugh, feeling. This, oh. And here's what I see on the outside, a confident, successful woman. But inside, I, dis- I saw, and I kind of know some of the story, this, a lot of strife, a lot of discontent, a lot of not okay. And I just had this thought, God said, the verse came up, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. But God started to speak to me. He said, and I don't know if she's a Christian. This has nothing to do with her anymore. God said, am I going to be greater in the lives of my people 
than the world is. I want to be greater in there. A lot of people are Christians, but actually uh, their, their kids' activities and their jobs and their fears and their worries and their sicknesses and their uh, drama and there's so much in the distractions. There's so much more that is greater inside than me. Anyway, that was a little side note. Let the Spirit control your mind. <laughs> it sounds weird to say out loud. <laughs> It's not creepy. It's not controlling. We're not the spirit controlling your mind. You get to go into God's good and perfect presence and let him retrain your mind, okay? Okay, you were not, this thought got me a couple years ago. I heard a guy, he's like, look, we were not created for negative thoughts. And science is proving this, that the negative thoughts actually create a toxic environment in your brain and in your body, and if you knew better, you wouldn't choose the negative thoughts. So let's do, let's learn. Let's know better now, okay? And I, I guess I wrote down what a negative thought is. Does anybody have a concern? you not sure what a negative thought is versus a positive? I don't, <laughs> I wrote it down in case you need uh, some, some pointers. <laughs> let's hear it, okay. <laughs> Anger, offense, fear, doubt. Everything is worst case. Everything's gonna go bad. The world is a doomed Complaining and grumbling, critical and criticizing, being critical and criticizing, gossip, accusing. Did I write that one twice? It's a good one. The devil is the accuser. Comparing thoughts. Comparison is negativity because nobody comes out ahead in the end. Comparison is comparing two lesser selves. Either I am less and you're better or you're better. Wait, some, someone's, somebody's always on the bottom. It's, it's comparing. It's negative. <laughs> okay, something. No one wins in comparison. Okay? Or just the never enough. There's never enough. I'm never enough. Okay? Again, Psalm 91, go into the quiet place. Go into the quiet place. Okay. So let's move forward with uh, kind of the next part of this. What are your weapons? What are the tools that we have to navigate the negativity? And look, I'm not really um, an expert in something like spiritual warfare. Okay, and A, B, we are not here to glorify the devil. We are not here to be afraid of the devil. We are not here to, um, so I'm not really, so, so, and let me say this. You guys okay? I feel like I'm just, welcome to my inner world when I don't follow the notes. Um, (laughs) I forgot what I was going to say. I know what I was going to say. In I know that I do this in my heart and in my mind and how I process all of this. I blur and blend kind of the thoughts that I have that I'm bringing to the table. Maybe the lies and the things that the devil is whispering to me or that that, uh, I've heard from childhood or that somebody has spoken over me. And I end spiritual, real spiritual battles that are facing. I realize I kind of blur all these. I don't know always how to untangle them all when I'm in the middle of it. So as I present this, yeah, there are times I need to to choose to change what I'm thinking about. There are times I need to uh, stand against something spiritual. There are times when I need to cast out a stronghold of a lie or a belief about myself or a situation or does that make sense? So I'm a big blur (laughs) of all of this. So if you want to get really tactical on that, go for it. And I have some resources for you at the end, but... um, if I ping pong, understand, yes, sometimes it's 
we need to deal with our thoughts, our flesh, our attitudes. Sometimes we're standing against something else, okay? So what are the weapons? What are the tools for warfare that we have? Okay, turn to Ephesians 6. And this is kind of what I based last time out of. And I want to actually read this to you first from the Passion Translation, and then we'll break it out. We'll go through it verse by verse in the New Living, because I want to. So from the Passion Translation, Ephesians 6, starting in verse 10. Now, my beloved ones, I have saved these most important truths for last. Be supernaturally infused with strength through your life union with the Lord Jesus. Stand victorious with the force of his explosive power flowing in and through you. That's good. Put on God's complete set of armor provided for us so that you will be protected as you fight against the evil strategies of the accuser. Your hand-to-hand combat is not with human beings, but with the highest principalities and authorities operating in rebellion under the heavenly realms. For they are a powerful class of demon gods and evil spirits that hold this dark world in bondage. Because of this, you must wear all the armor that God provides so you're protected as you confront the slander. Okay, can we just, real quick, the devil is the accuser, the slanderer. Okay, get, get that right. So if you're hearing accusing, slandering thoughts about yourself or somebody else, you can know where those are coming from. Don't take the bait. Don't get in the habit of do- doing that. Okay, for you are destined for all things and will rise victorious. You are destined for all things and will rise victorious. Some of you just need to write that on your mirror. Okay. In Jesus, in Jesus' name, I am, okay? Put on the truth as a belt to strengthen you to stand in triumph. Put on holiness as the protective armor that covers your heart. Isn't that beautiful? Stand on your feet alert, then you'll always be ready to share the blessings of peace. In every battle, take faith as your wraparound shield, for it is able to extinguish the blazing arrows coming at you from the evil one. Embrace the power of salvation's full deliverance like a helmet to protect your thoughts from lies and take the mighty razor-sharp spirit sword, razor-sharp spirit sword of the spoken word of God. Pray passionately in the spirit as you constantly intercede with every form of prayer at all times. Pray the blessings of God upon all his believers and pray also that God's revelation would be released through me every time I preach. Amen. <laughs> okay, we'll stop there. Okay, so I love that. The one, the one line in this one that I loved that now I can't find. Embrace the power of salvation's full deliverance like a helmet to protect your thoughts from lies. I think if I had to sum up this whole thing, that, that would be it and we could go home, but I'm going to expand on it anyway. Um, salvation is more than just getting you into heaven. It really is freedom and wholeness for your spirit, which is your mind, your will, and your emotions. Your soul, your, your spirit, soul, your mind, will, and emotions, and your body, okay? This is the whole package. Jesus came that you would have life and life abundantly, fully as he has it, not just scraped by barely bruised and bleeding into heaven, okay? So we got to get that thought, first of all, out of our head that, that, that this is all there is. You know, one thing I think too, let me see if I can catch that, um, Well, we'll get to it. It's in here somewhere. I know where I want to go with it. Okay, Ephesians 6. So be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Okay, Um, it says, so that you will be able to stand firm against all the strategies of the devil. The devil has strategies. He's being strategic. He has a plan 
to destroy you. Okay? He has a plan. So we need to be alert. We need to be aware. We need to stop being beaten up and, and caught off guard. It says, I wrote down anything that keeps you out of God's presence and susceptible to taking on a lie, okay, is his strategy, is his, um, I'm going to say motivation. There's another word in there I can't find. Okay, so there's distractions. Just life is busy. There are distractions, okay? Thoughts can take you out of God's presence that are, you know, lies and whatever. Situations get hard. Shame will keep you out of God's presence, okay? So anything that will keep you out of God's presence and susceptible to taking on the devil's lies and accusations, he's going to be pushing hard, okay? This word stand in, the, in verse um, 10 means to abide. I love that. Let's just replace that word real quick. Be, uh, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to abide firm against all the strategies of the devil. Does that give you a different perspective? It's a little less, oh, I gotta do this, and more, I'm gonna go spend time with my dad. Good luck with whatever chaos you're trying to create in my life. Go abide against the strategies of the devil. This word also means to be set in place, to be established, steadfast, unwavering, to stand unharmed, ready, and prepared. Okay? That's awesome. And that's, look, the battle's not fair. The attacks on you aren't fair. But they're going to come. And you're prepared. You have the mind of Christ. You have salvation. You have all these things we're going to talk about, okay? Oh, there it is, strategies. Methodia, to lie and wait to deceive. To lie and wait to deceive. You've got to be alert. You've got to be watching out. I love that the Greek word is methodia. He has methods. He has a plan. He has strategies. Why don't we? And, yeah, okay. The devil prowls around like a lion, seeking one to devour. And he likes to find the weak ones, the ones who are separated from community because of offense, shame, fear. Those who are staying out of God's presence because of distractions or sin. Okay, he's looking. And 1 Peter 5.8 says, stay alert, watch out. He's, he's out to get you. He wants to destroy you. So stand firm against him and be strong in your faith. Again, same word for stand there. Abide. Abide firm against him. Stand. Be fixed. Be established. Be alert. Be un- unshakable. Okay, so back to Ephesians. Ephesians 13, therefore put on every piece of God's armor so you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, you will still be standing firm. This word stand is different. It's to stand or to be set against, to resist and oppose. So we do have an an opposition. We are standing against something. But first it's in the abiding and then the standing. Okay, we were never promised a battle-free Christianity by God. You are equipped for the battle and you're equipped and destined to remain standing. And I think as the church, we need to be careful what we communicate about God's will and about what it means to be a Christian. Because I feel like we often communicate this like it's some multi-level marketing scheme. Come in, say the prayer, tithe, and serve in children's church. Please serve in children's church. Okay, and then, and then you'll, you'll have more money, your life will be easier, everything's going to go great. That is destructive. And I don't know if that was your, your feeling. I've talked to some people. They're like, well, I tried it. It didn't work. It's like, well, <laughs> it's not how it goes. 
And I'm sorry that somebody communicated that way or that that's what you heard. People desperately need real freedom and they think they've done something wrong when they sign up for Christianity and things get harder and they're thrown into a battle and we're not standing alongside them and equipping them. And look, guys, we have got to get... We have to be strong. We have to be stable. We have to get these tools so that we can begin teaching them to other people. And you only have to be one or two steps ahead of somebody else to begin teaching them how to use the tools. You don't have to be an expert, okay? I'm barely, barely figuring some of this out, you guys, and here I am. So I can do this. You can do this. Verse 14, stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth and the body armor of God's righteousness. Okay, truth is reality. Okay, you'll know the truth and it will set you free. You will know reality. And then righteousness is identity. You're right standing with God. Okay, so you're going to stand your ground in reality and identity. And if we don't need both of those things in double, full on, all of the, what's the, what's a word? Give me a word. Somebody outpouring in this world right now. People don't know their identity and they don't know what reality is. We've got to know it. We've got to know it. Stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth, reality, and the body armor of God's righteousness, identity. I love how the Passion Translation, covering for your heart in holiness. Okay, who we are and what is real. Okay, and again, this is under attack and it has been for a long time. We have to remember what is true and who we are so that When other people are confused about that, we can help them. We can rescue them. We can pull them out of that pit. Instead of saying, oh, I'm in the pit too. Isn't this pit great? Reality, identity. Okay, verse 15, for shoes, put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you will be fully prepared. Guys, as I have gone through stuff, peace, keeping your peace in the middle of a battle, in the middle of the craziness of this world when, you know, and I think the enemy loves chaos and confusion because then you get afraid, you start running around like a chicken with your head cut off and you're going to make really dumb decisions. Keep your peace. It is so vital to walking through anything. Peace stealers, unforgiveness. Uh, if, you are, if you feel like you're being traumatized and you are tormented and you just can't get on top of thoughts, you need to look down, go get a little deep, find out where there's unforgiveness. Unforgiveness brings torment, okay? Peace stealers. Unforgiveness, offense, worry. And again, worry, you know, partnering with a spirit of dread, of worst case, I call it worst case scenario because I can never think of the word dread. So like that worst case scenario spirit that everything's gonna go bad, everything's gonna, I'll probably get this new job, but then I'll probably get fired because, and you come up with this huge story. Stop it, okay? Peace, keep your peace. Find your peace, Connect with Jesus in prayer and worship until you get that peace. And the more you practice it, the more you do it, the, more, the easier it is to go, oh, I'm, I'm slipping out of peace. I'm getting worried. I'm getting afraid. Jesus. Jesus. Okay? It's, it's, it's weird to say that it takes practice, but it, it kind of does. You have to learn that place of, ah, uh, here I am. Here you are. Make sense? Verse 17, you guys Okay. Verse 17, put on salvation as your helmet and take the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Okay, salvation, again, this is wholeness in spirit, soul, and body. You have protection, you have authority, you have power in the salvation. Okay, you have the authority of Christ Jesus to stand against everything that comes against you. Okay, and I love, so this is righteousness and truth, 
or we, we just looked at righteousness and truth, and this is salvation of the, and the word. And I love that these two are coupled together both times. Very similar ideas. We've got righteousness, which is our identity, but salvation is the making us whole, spirit, soul, and body, right? And that's kind of the same thing. And then truth and the word are, right? Truth, the word is truth. So these are coupled together in both of these verses. Jesus is the word and our salvation. These cannot be separated. And I love that. Your identity, your wholeness, your authority, it's in who you are as his kid, and it's in the word that he has equipped you with. Hi, pumpkin. What do you need? Okay. Who's in charge here? Have fun. Shoes. Who needs shoes? Whose kid is that? Okay. Verse 18. Pray in the spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be present. I'm sorry, persistent in your, you should be present too if you're praying. Be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. I think Paul just ran out of like things to parts of the armor, but he's like, here's another piece of your arm. This is a part of your weaponry. You need to pray in the spirit at all times on every occasion. And I think what we see is we've got all these tools that are actually to help you pray. Salvation, truth, peace, righteousness. These are our position and posture of of coming into prayer so that we can actually pray things that are powerful and effective. Um, Yeah, I just wrote that down again. This is the whole of what Paul has just taught us. Stand in prayer and worship, pray in righteousness and truth, pray from a place of peace and confident trust, Pray faith-filled prayers that quench every flaming arrow. That's what he just said, you know? So the prayer, I think we kind of just knock off at the end, like, well, that's not part of the armor. No, that's what all the armor accomplishes. That All that armor is now you can pray effectively. Now you can pray powerfully on every occasion, for every situation, and stand victorious. Prayer isn't the afterthought. It's, it's the sum of all that. Okay, so we're really short on time. You guys good? I have a few more things I want to get to, like I promised <laughs> an hour ago, half an hour ago. The practical tools to overcoming thoughts and spiritual attacks, okay? And I just have a couple of things to bullet point out at you, a couple of ways you can kind of create a pattern in your life when you feel like you're struggling in an area or, or if you know there are things you need to uh, repent of and, and think differently about and things like that, um, then I have some tools for you too. And again, this is a, a bit of a hodgepodge of a couple years of me just walking through stuff and trying to find tools and find freedom in these areas and finding things out of, finding my way out of stuff. Okay. Number one, speak. Speak. You all have a voice? Okay. So you can speak to your soul. David in, in the psalm said, soul, why are you so downcast within me? Okay, so he's, he's recognizing what's going on, but then he says, here's what we're going to do, soul. We're going to praise the Lord. Okay, so you, you get to speak to your soul. You get to say, soul, you're believing a lie. Okay, your soul, again, is your mind, your will, and your emotions. Okay, hey, soul, you're depressed today. You look like you're really angry today. Where are you feeling powerless? What is, where, what is going on? What, what's hitting you? You know, why is this here? Okay, going a little deeper. And then what we get to do is speak to ourselves and release life and truth. Now, look, I know, I get it. I, I share this with a friend. 
I heard through a, uh, I took a counseling class. I don't know if that, it was like counselors that taught a class on, on like emotional freedom and stuff. And they said, okay, now here's what you do. And I, I did this. It was Duncan. I'm sorry, Duncan, I'm calling you out. I said, babe, did you hear? Like, you have to say, soul, it's okay. You're safe. Like, you actually talk to your heart and you talk to your soul. And he was like, I'm not doing that. I'm like, they said it would help, and it's helping me. <laughs> so I get it. It's weird. It's weird. It helps. Trust me. So speak to your soul. Bind the lies. Release truth and love. Again, the devil is the accuser. He, so if you are feeling accused, shamed, um, belittled, no, no, no. That's not truth. Who, ta- who told you that? Who told you that? And you need to go to the Father God and say, God, what is true about me? What is true about this situation? Okay, do not use your words to align with the accuser, to align with fear, to align with shame. Don't speak those things out. Okay, Jesus was broken to make you whole in every area, spirit, soul, and body. So speak healing into your life. Speak healing into your emotions. Okay, this, again, I am the Joanna Gaines of emotional fixer-uppers here. You can do this. We just need to tear out that wall, put some shiplap up. It's going to be great. You guys even watch this show? Where have you been? Okay, thank you. (laughs) Ingrid is connecting on that one. Okay, you've got to speak to your soul. No, that is a lie. I'm getting rid of that. I am bringing in the truth of God. I am opening some windows here in this area of my life. Okay, and your emotions are not any less valuable or in need of healing than a broken foot or cancer, right? Okay, this is, this is okay. Okay, so speak. Speak to your soul. Speak to your circumstances. Release hope. Release vision into those things. Yeah, it looks like it's a big dumpster fire right now, but that's not my God. And when I go to him and get peace, he says, there is a hope and a future. There is a purpose and a plan. There is good that can come out of this. And we talked about that a little last time. Speak to your body. Uh, part of this too, we can speak to the symptoms in our, you know, hey, shoulder, you're going to be healed. But you can also speak to your brain. Hey, brain, we've been holding on to some toxicity from all these negative thoughts. We will not go there anymore. You can speak to your body. You will be healed. The negative superhighways, I declare closed in Jesus' name. Road closed, okay? Declare the physical release from the impact of trauma, you know, whether that's soul or body or whatever on your body and your brain. I know this is fast. Are you guys okay? Is this making some sense? Okay, because we all go through these things. I don't know if I'm skipping over too much. Take authority. Okay, one, another thing, a tool we have, a thing God has given us. Take authority. You have authority over the powers and spiritual forces and lies and strongholds and fears and accusations. You have authority. And I know when they're coming against you, you feel like, it feels so overwhelming and you feel like you can't possibly stand up under that. All you have to do, you don't even have to feel it. You just have to say, in Jesus' name. Or my favorite prayer is, Jesus, help. Jesus, help. I feel like these thoughts and the weight and all the fears and accusations and shame is going to take me under. Jesus, help. And he does. And then you begin, okay, you got me out of it. I was about to go under. Jesus pulled me out. Now I can speak. Now I can release, use my words to release the life and the purpose and the promise. Okay? We need to learn to relate, replace the negative doubt-filled, fear-filled, worry-filled, faithless, accusing thoughts 
with truth, with life, with hope. You don't have to feel it to say it, but you will begin to believe it and feel it if you speak it. Make sense? Speak it. You're, you're more likely to believe what you speak than what you think. Start speaking truth, and then you'll believe it. Okay? I know, it sounds crazy. Welcome to Christianity. <laughs> it doesn't, it's not the pattern of the world. It's a higher pattern, and it's true. Okay, change your habits. Yeah, we all love casting out demons and declaring and fighting and praying and shouting and worshiping. Uh, sometimes you just need to change your habit, right? It is addictive to think negative thoughts about that person that hurts you. You've got to say road close. I will not do that anymore. I will not partner with the accuser in this area. You've got to start, okay, you have trouble with alcohol. You need to stop walking past the bar at whatever time of night. You need to stop answering the call from those friends. You need to stop turning on the screen at that time of night. You need to change some habits. And don't tell me you can't. If somebody had a gun to your head and you said, I just have to eat this cookie. This is a Joyce Meyer thing. I totally stole this from her. Not cookies? Ooh, we're getting close to some pain points. Don't want to talk about the cookies. Chocolate chip peanut butter cookies with a cup of coffee. Mmm, all snuggled up next to the fireplace. And you've already had 15 of them. <laughs> Tell me if somebody held a gun up to your head that you would have to eat that cookie. No, you, your will can choose. Don't tell me you can't say no to that habit. You are not a... <laughs> I love you all. We're going to go eat cookies soon. No. You are not a slave to your will, to addictive patterns, negative thoughts, negative thought superhighways. You can declare road closed. You can change the habit. You can say, Jesus, help me. That's... uh. Jesus, help me. Okay, take communion. Now look, this is not just a good sermon point because we're supposed to throw it in here. And I know we're getting almost done on time. Can you guys hang on for a little bit longer? Okay. Um, he said, yes, we're good. We'll, we'll serve you cookies soon. Okay. Take communion, you guys. Plead the blood of Jesus. Receive his life for your death, freedom for your bondage, wholeness in place of your brokenness. This is you coming to a place of intimate connection with him and saying, it's that exchange. And you, we need to be doing this more than just Sunday on church, especially if you're in a battle, especially if you're in a hard situation, especially if you're facing a health something, you need to be taking communion. You need to spend that time with, and it's, it, it's, Yes, it's intimacy, but there's also power in it. Jesus, I receive the freedom of your blood. I receive the power of your blood in this area of my life. Maybe it's for a friend. Maybe it's for a colleague. Maybe it's for a kid. You receive. Jesus, I receive in Jesus' name this, the, the work on the cross for this person or for this situation. This is real. That freedom is available to you, spirit, soul, and body. Okay, and I, I, so many Christians run around saying they believe they have not had a real encounter with the power that actually can free them in every area of life. You have access to this kind of freedom. Okay, freedom from spiritual torment, addiction, fear, rage, self-harm, depression, dread. Okay, fear is, so here's my last point. Fear is a liar. 
This is my favorite thing that I have learned. Fear is a liar. I got to the point where I, a fear would come up. Oh my gosh, this, there's no hope. Oh my gosh, this is done. This, this situation is irredeemable. I got to the point where I could just laugh. Fear so oversteps. Once you learn to recognize, fear will overstep every time. And you know what I started to do? I couldn't always laugh because it was really scary. Like, you know, you feel it. You're afraid. Oh my gosh, what if that did happen? But I know that fear is a liar and God has good plans for me. So I would go, okay, well, fear is saying all is hopeless. That means there must be some hope. I'm going to start speaking out hope. I'm going to start speaking out life. I'm going to start speaking out his goodness. Didn't feel like I'd wanted to. Didn't feel like it was true. But every time, and you know what? That weekend, the fear, the attacks of fear got less and less and less because it wasn't working. I wasn't taking the bait. And you don't have to either. Fear is a roaring lion. Uh, the devil is a roaring lion looking for someone to take the bait. Okay? Remember, fear is a liar and begin to pray the opposite. Okay, internal wholeness. Again, I love seeing physical healings and miracles. We've seen some cool ones around here, but I wonder how many of us right now are dragging around wounded, broken, hurting, dysfunctional, crippled, bleeding to death souls, and how many bodies could be set free if we dealt with the emotional things, if we dealt with the soul struggles, the soul um, dysfunction. Okay, there are two ways I know this can happen. And realistically, our healing is a combination of both. Okay, one is a one-time power encounter with Jesus where things are broken off instantly in God's presence. Those are amazing. I don't want to say they're rare. I know people have them. My experience has been in the daily walking, living, breathing, God-pursuing life as I surrender to him, as I learn and grow, as I meditate the word, as I'm transformed by changing how I think, letting him, you know, getting washed in his presence, I have found transformation and wholeness and healing, okay? I don't want us to stay dysfunctional, dysfunctioning. And I don't mean like you're screwed up and I'm judging you, I'm, right? If, there, if my arm is broken, it is dysfunctional until it's fixed, I think. Does that work that way? That's how I think of it, okay? So instead of pursuing that healing, we tend to stay distracted and busy, dysfunctional, broken, and bleeding, not functioning as we should. Let's stop doing that. Okay, so um, I have a couple more points. I want to leave you with this. Please, can I do that? I know we're so late. Two minutes, okay? I want to just give you a little bit of a pattern for how when you're facing something and when you are in one of these times of trying to get freedom in an area or fighting through a thought pattern or fighting through fears and worry and shame. I want to give you the tool you need before we go. So I'll stop saying that and just give it to you. How's that sound? Okay, let's do this. First step, you know, you're feeling something's not right. God, what is the lie I am believing? Go into God's, Father God's presence. It could be a lie you're believing about God, a lie you're believing about yourself, about a situation, about another person, about anything. God, what is the lie I am believing? And then listen, Listen, he'll drop a picture, he'll drop a word, he'll drop a phrase, he'll drop a, something. There's a, okay, what is the lie I'm believing? And if you're not sure, ask your friends. They probably know what lies you're believing. Oh man, those were some good things. I wonder where those went. I had some other good things in there. Community is really important. Have friends. 
Okay, two, kind of, kind of with number one, but again, so if you're believing lie, or two, what am I partnering with to try to feel loved, to try to feel powerful, to try to feel safe, or to try to feel valuable? And I will tell you my story. I uh, Rage and anger growing up with my family was always an issue that I, I also partnered with. So when I'm feeling, when I, when I had been, I'm believe I am much, much better on this. Jesus and I had a little talk after I broke my hand. I punched a couch. I was frustrated. That couch bit back. Uh, I don't have as much metal in my body as Justin does, but um, it's definitely a lot in there. So (laughs) I shattered it. When I feel powerless or unheard in a situation, anger would rise up. Rage, not just anger, rage. Okay, so after hurting myself, very much after the last time, it's like, okay, Jesus, what lie am I believing? What do I need to do in this? Okay, so you might be trying to feel loved. You might be partnering with a spirit of rage to feel powerful. You might be partnering with a spirit of, um, oh, what are some other ones? Darn it. I have a book for you. Okay, if you feel like you're partnering with a spirit of something to feel loved. Oh, here's a good one. A spirit of infirmity. Okay. I, I have experienced this and I've seen, I see other people do this. You partner with a spirit of infirmity to feel, because you don't feel like unless I am sick, I cannot get the nurture and care that I need. So I will partner with the spirit of infirmity. Does God want you sick? No. But you'll partner with these things to get another need met, okay? Partner with this addiction to numb something that hurts. You partner with these, right? Okay, so I can't pick all those apart for you today, you go to God. What, what am I partnering with that I need to repent of and what lie am I believing? Okay, what, number three, what is the truth God has for me in this? What is the truth God has for me in this? Okay, for me, learning some new skills. I need to learn how to, A, that I am powerful, that I don't have to punch things to be heard and seen. Okay, I can speak up. My voice is valuable. I'm believing a lie that my voice isn't valuable or hurt, right? Okay, so what lie am I? I'm just telling you that so you can maybe, it'll trigger some things for you. Okay, number four, I repent of partnering with the lie or believing the lie that. So I repent of partnering with that spirit to get my needs met or I um, repent of believing that lie. So either way, whichever one it is that you're, you're finding, okay? God, I am so sorry, for choosing the inferior to get my needs met instead of trusting you and your systems and your ways to have these needs met in my life, okay? That's it. He's not, he wants, repenting is changing your mind. Again, we're changing the way I think so that we can be transformed. I'm gonna think like heaven. I'm gonna think like God and not partner with these stupid inferior ways anymore, okay? And then number five, receive God's love and life in this area. God, tell me what's true in this area. God, feed me in this area. Bring healing and strength in this area. Bring maybe education in this area to help me overcome this. Okay? And I think we already hit through some of the old other things, but um, okay, we'll, we'll stop. Thank you so much. I'm, I just wanted to get to that end. I should have just started at the end because that's where I wanted to go. Resources really quick. If you want more along these lines, Supernatural Freedom from... Captivity of Trauma by Mike Hutchins, Overcoming Fear by Donna De Silva, and Forgiving What You Can't Forget by Lisa Turkhurst.
Okay, I'd recommend all three of those. Um, Forgiving, because again, if you are dealing with unforgiveness, you will have torment. You are inviting things into your life. Okay, come up for prayer if you feel like you need breakthrough in something or clarification in something. I would, um, I really feel like there are, God wants to bring some freedom today to us, to you. So if something was like, oh my gosh, I want freedom from this today, please come up and talk to me. Um, We'll do that. Okay, you guys can stand up. Thank you for your, thank you. Do you want to pray? Do you want to wrap it up? Jesus, we thank you today. You are so good. God, you, you, your desire for us to have full, beautiful lives is so much more than we could ever imagine. God, I pray right now over every heart, uh, release from bondage, freedom, freedom to hear your voice today, freedom to be set free, God, I, freedom to be set free. Thank you, Jesus. You're so good. I just thank you for every person in this room being such a beautiful representation of your heart and your glory and your beauty on this earth. And I thank you, God, that the lies and the slander and the ugliness that has been dumped on them would just be washed away today, that they would no longer allow, allow those things over them. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. All right, you guys. Okay, sorry, we forgot that part. Uh, On the count of three, Jesus is Lord over the Gunnison Basin and the world. I'm talking faster because I know I'm late. One, two, three. Jesus is Lord over the Gunnison Basin and the world. Thank you for listening to this message from Rocky Mountain Christian Ministries in Gunnison, Colorado. We hope you will visit us at rmcmchurch.org, like our Facebook page, or subscribe to our messages on YouTube.